Hello, and welcome to the Align Yourself to Success podcast. I am your host, Christy Kendall. And around here, our passion and purpose is to empower entrepreneurs to extraordinary profit through highest level transformation. When you begin with your mind and alignment, you are limitless and you are powerful. Today, we have a very special guest. She is Francesca Mendaya, and she's the founder of Mother's justice advocate. She uses her voice to disrupt the culture of silence. She's a mother, transformational coach, author, and speaker. And she helps mothers unleash their feminine power to become unstoppable drivers of change professionally, personally, all while striving to bring about equality, love, and freedom from the home to the globe. Welcome. We're so happy to have you here. Well, we're excited to get to know you. (laughs) Yeah, so we would love for you to share your story. How did you come about to be so passionate about using your voice for change and equality and becoming a coach? Uh, Thank you, Christy. So uh, as you said, today I am the CEO of Mothers United. I'm a coach and my transformational uh, coach, mental fitness coach, better player, all these things that uh, give me joy. But I was born girl number three in 1970 in colonial Rhodesia. Then girls were not valued the same as boys. I don't know if this is true for anybody that's listening that people tend to value boys more than girls. So I was born into the energy of you are not enough as a girl child. My mother named me Ndaiziwe. Had I known, had I known that I would give birth to yet another girl child, had I known that I would fail to produce an heir. So that was me. And to, to add more, I was born in colonial Rhodesia where Africans were teetering at the bottom rung of the race ladder. So white people were at the top, Asians, number two, coloreds, number three, and my people right at the bottom. So with all this sexism, racism, being born into this energy, I was already less than. And so the pain from these experiences is what really drove me to say that I wanted to be different as a girl child. I took punches in primary school. A boy hit me for being smarter than him. And the question is, who teaches a nine-year-old boy that when girls beat you in class, you subdue them with violence? And so this has been my story. In secondary school as a teenager, I was body shamed. I was told my boobs were too big for my body by boys. They touched me without permission. And when I tried to cry for help with the school authorities, the headmaster told me boys will be boys. And I was getting mad, so mad about my life. Why is it happening to me this way? I don't know, maybe this is familiar with other people, like you get this, these responses from people that are supposed to protect us that this is what boys do. And I've noticed that as mothers, we have a tendency 
to raise our boys to say, boys don't cry, boys don't do chores, boys just get more. So for me, I was looking at my life and I'm saying, all this pain that I've gone through, even as a married woman staying stuck in a marriage for 12 years, that was not a marriage, but really um, a hell whore that I was stuck in. And I was asking myself, why? Why, why do I deserve this? Why am I going through this pain? So something deep inside me just knew that I was worth more, that I was meant for more, and I needed to do more for myself. And so when I became a student mother at age 22, and then twice a student mother at, at age 23, I vowed that I would never raise my goals to be less than. And so unconsciously, I started preparing my girls to be empowered. So it was in me because of the pain that I, I felt as from my childhood to my womanhood that I wanted it to be different for my girls. And then the trauma that I remember uh, going through and that I still carried in my body, even up to my 50s, uh, watching my parents being brutalized by British soldiers and being sent to jail right in my face. I'm a witness of that violence. And so I always asked, why does life do this to us? How do I deal with this pain? So I learned that um, I am worth more. Something in me tells me that this should not be happening. So I wanna change this situation. So. This is how I began to really do small things to change the reality that I grew up in. I wanted a different life for my girls. I wanted a different life for my son. Um, so I came to a point where I told myself that I need to go somewhere where human rights are taught because I just knew that what is happening should not be happening to me. There's something that I don't know that I ought to know. So I began to look for human rights uh, educators because I knew, I just knew that I'm an equal human being with equal human rights deserving equal treatment. And so my journey started that way. Uh, in 2018, when I turned 48, the age my mother died, I asked myself, if I died today, would I be happy? Would I have done everything that I want to do in my life? Did my mother do everything that she wanted to do in her life? So 48 was really instrumental because that is when I stopped to think about my whole life and what had happened to me. And I say to myself, what would I have done better? from my childhood to my womanhood with all those experiences that I spoke about. And I said to myself, I wish I had taken care of myself more physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, but I hadn't. But this is the gift from this experience is now I am coming up with this course. I wanna teach mothers and their children that you must prioritize your self-care, it's, it's non-negotiable. And then I also thought about how I didn't know 
myself and I allowed people to teach me uh, as less than because I wasn't empowered. But if I knew who I truly was, and when I say who I truly was or who I truly am, is the daughter of I am, created in the image of God, and therefore not less than, I would have handled myself better and not allowed people to treat me or tell me that I was dark and ugly and I was not worth uh, living and I, I couldn't keep a man, but I did. And so I, I wish I'd known who I truly am. But now I know I have tools that help me to be more aware. I want to share them with that person who might be in my position like 30, 40 years, years ago. And so I also said, I wish I'd loved, really loved myself. I am born dark, yes, I am born a woman, yes. But uh, is, is, do I have any say? No, I do not have any say, just like nobody has a say. So what if I just loved myself dark as I am, woman as I am? I wanna teach people to love themselves because no one orders on a menu how they look. And so I, I wanted to, to teach that to, the, to my children first and then to anybody else who would welcome my teachings. And then I also asked myself, what could I have done for me to really know my purpose? And then I say to myself, if I led myself better, which is self-leadership, meaning I should be able to lead myself before I even think of leading my own children or other people in an organization. Did I do that? Maybe not to the extent that I should have. So what did I learn? I learned that if I had a vision, a clear vision, and if I uh, really worked on that vision, then I would know where I want to go. I would know what I desire and why I desire it. So. This is how I came to create the course that I now call, call uh, Care, Awareness, Love, and Leadership. And also from call, I stepped it up to form Mentally Fit Mama. Um, core is the foundation and then the mental fitness aspect to really uh, transform the mindset because everything begins in our minds. I heard you say, Christy, in the beginning, uh, something to do with the mindset, something that beginning with our thoughts. And I, I realized that when we change our thoughts, we can change our lives. So I created that program, Mentally Fit Mama, because for me, if there's one thing that a person could do in their life that would cause change in all aspects, physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, spiritually, uh, for me, that would be mental fitness or a mindset shift. But how do we get to do that? So I became curious. I was a curious student, curious teacher. Um, I learned uh, how to be positively intelligent, meaning how much does my mind serve me as opposed to sabotaging me? I learned about mental fitness. What is mental fitness? It is the ability of a human being to deal with life challenges from a positive perspective uh, as opposed to a negative perspective. And that's a game changer. So I also uh, created that 
um, that program, knowing that as mothers, we, we carry the burdens of this uh, world more than anything, anyone else. We carry kids in our bodies and this all this stress overwhelm. We carry the mental load. We're the ones that do the thinking about what happens to our babies from schooling, from shopping, all these duties. And all this is happening in one body. And then we do the chores and we do the caring and we're now even breadwinners. So how do we put it together as moms? That was the question. So for me, I said, there's a, there's a reason why, that is the reason why all mothers should be mentally fit. And for mental fitness, then we can talk about how do we uh, crush our other goals, be they personal, be they professional, be they business goals, but it really begins with the mindset. So for me, a mother who is mentally fit is able to focus on something and, and achieve it because they would have been able to conquer the negative mindset, the stress, the overwhelm, the anxiety, the anger, the hurt, the pain. They can convert all that negativity into gifts. And so I learned to ask the question, what was the gift in my pain? From my childhood to my, to my womanhood, what was the gift? So instead of being stuck in victimhood, I used that pain. And normally people say, I, I moved from pain to purpose. And one thing I've discovered, Christie, is I didn't move from pain to purpose. I was stuck in pain. And then before I got to purpose, the perspective, my perspective, how I danced with pain changed. I did not become a victim. I said, what am I learning from this pain? And this is how I was able to raise my own kids, my two daughters and my son as equals in my home because I was learning from pain. But it was the perspective that I'm not a victim. So the mindset is, is the bridge between pain and purpose for me is the perspective. So I changed my perspective. And in positive intelligence, they talk about the sage perspective, which is the perspective that when we adopt it, we are able to see life as having gifts and opportunities, no matter our circumstances. And so for me, I see that I moved from pain and then the perspective uh, facilitated me to move to purpose. And then from purpose, I am moving to profit because whatever gifts I have created from my adversity, I am now looking to turn that into profit. And this is why we are having this conversation because <laughs> of what you do and how we met. Uh, that really our everything that happens for us in life, when our perspective is right, we get, we get gifts and opportunities out of our adversity. And so for me, from profit, I hope to get to prosperity and, um, uh, yeah, and uh, I'm on that journey. I'm a keen student. I, I teach other people and they get breakthroughs, but I'm also um, a learner, a keen learner. 
Yes, you are. And that I wanted to talk about in our last conversation before we did this podcast, you had mentioned the concept of education being the way you realized that you had worth. Do you remember telling me that story that you, it was the education that gave you the awareness that you did this research. I was hoping you would talk about that. It was just so powerful and it really goes into the importance of all the mindset because we're educating ourselves. We're becoming emotionally intelligent. Like you said, a fit mind, mentally fit mamas. And, And that requires in order to get a new perspective, you have to be taught something. Um, yes. and, I, and the whole time you've talked to me, I'm like, how does somebody with that level of programming on worthiness, you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough, have the, the ability to transmute all of that into something extraordinary for their own children. And so I, I just wanted you to touch on uh, your education a little bit, if you would tell that story. Okay. So Christy, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I think I'm pretty consistent in how I, 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 I narrate my transformation. Uh, and so I'll say the first educator is our experience. When something hits your heart and hits it hard, you have an opportunity to learn. So for me, pain was really the teacher. What I felt the anger, the frustration, and especially the pain that, that pierced my, my chest like a knife had gone through is what made me just know that this is not going to be this, the experience for my girls. And as for my son, all this, uh, these patriarchal um, you know, issues that come out of boys and, and the way they are raised and how they are so entitled to women's bodies and to violence and all that, I say to myself, I do not want to see my son act like any of those boys or men that violated me. So talk about education. I think internally as human beings, we are wired to actually receive this education. But the question is, are we listening? to the lessons that the universe is teaching us or that God or whoever anybody's higher power is, is teaching us through our experience. And then um, what happened to me is, is I was uh, trying to get out of this abusive um, relationship for 12 years. I just knew, but then I went to, to, I was listening to the radio and knowing that I have rights. I didn't know like, I just knew that I need to get out of this situation, but how? And so the how then came as I listened to the radio and knew that I had human rights. I'm like, I, I want to be curious. So I actually did say I'm going to work for one of those organizations. And I started quitting my job as a teacher to go and work for a nonprofit to go and search for that education that I I knew I did not have. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I just knew I need to be in that organization for me to get out myself out of where I am. And then the other piece that really changed me where I began to, began to be self-aware was when I then found a job in the nonprofit 
And uh, I was doing finance because my first uh, qualification is accounting. So, so then I was just thrown into programs and they say facilitate a workshop to do with HIV, AIDS and participation. I'm like, I don't do that. I do figures. Then they said, in this organization, you do everything. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I designed the workshop, facilitated HIV, AIDS and participation. And everyone was like, wow, this is you. And I'm like, wow, I kind of like the feeling of interacting with people and getting this energy that everything is working well, uh, teaching and learning. And so that was the beginning of discovering myself. So I went, I was then selected to go to South Africa to go and learn about um, popular education, like levels of consciousness, like what shapes your consciousness. Um, when you do what you do, at what level are you responding? So I learned about the magical level of consciousness whereby as human beings, if we are in poverty or if we are in a state of um, poverty, uh, we tend to say, oh, it's the ancestors, I'm cursed. Oh, it's God, uh, God is responsible for where I am. And what happens when you are at that level is in terms of getting yourself out of poverty, you do nothing because the supernatural power is responsible for your circumstances. So I was questioning myself when I was stuck for 12 years in an abusive marriage and people were saying to me, kneel down and pray, everything is going to be okay. Or, you know, you should bath and wear miniskirts. Wasn't that at the magical level of consciousness? At what level was I operating? when I was living in abuse and I believed that if I prayed, the abuse would stop. So magical level. And then there's the naive level where you, are, you somewhat have an understanding of the social, economic and political facet or circumstances that are uh, contributing to your, to your poverty or to your abuse or uh, adversity. And, and so, you are somewhat aware and you begin to do something about it. But that something is not enough to uproot yourself from that problem. But at least you are taking action. At the critical level, which is where I hope uh, whatever I do, the programs that I design, where this, that's where I want to be even as a human being, is when you are aware of the social the economic and the political contributions at play in your circumstances. And you're saying to yourself, okay, um, this problem that I have of being treated unequally as a girl, what is the social facet? Okay, society says this about girls. Society gives so much power to men. Oh, that is why the boys feel that they have power over me because society, less than there's a system behind this whole behavior. And so it's not the problem of the boy. We were born into a system that is longstanding that has allowed men to have free play with our bodies, with our minds, with everything uh, feminine. They think they own us. And so with that understanding, I was like, wow. So this is why ABCD used to happen, boom light bulb. So that gave me an understanding and it, it kind of cemented what I'd already 
known that I, I needed to do to change the way uh, our children were being raised or to change the attitude of my boy child, but with more understanding of the systems and how you use uh, the social, the economic, the political root causes to actually get you to understand first what is happening so that when you look for solutions, you're looking for lasting solutions to approach the, the pro problem. So I don't know if I've answered you. I tend to speak long, but I want to give you a chance to, to respond. Yes, I think that was a great answer. I, you've dropped a lot of really valuable nuggets of information here. Um, and your story is really powerful. It's perspective changing. It really puts your mind into perspective. You know, the, what you said about victimhood, it really shows you, um, you know, when somebody has it, uh, you know, grows up in circumstances such as yours. Um, and then we're over here in America, mm -hmm. you know, white girls with everything they could ever want. And we're complaining it. It's real, real awakening. <laughs> and so I just want to say thank you for sharing your story. It's, it's very powerful and, and empowering and the nuggets of, of diamonds that you gave us, um, pain plus perspective equals purpose and it transcends into profit and prosperity. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yes. And the gift, what is the gift in my pain? So I have a friend who always says, once you find the lesson, the blessings arrive. And that's yes. what that reminds me of. And it's so true. Mm -hmm. And so thank you so much for sharing your story. And you have a gift of, you know, explaining this stuff in a way that's comprehensible to people that didn't have those circumstances. And we can understand it and we can take part in your change and you're speaking the truth. How can somebody get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you or work with you? Um, if they want to work with me, they can uh, reach me on mothersunited.ca, my website. Um, they can also reach me on francescamandea.com. And I'm available on WhatsApp. And uh, because it's out there, it's 867-222-0700. Let's have a chat. And uh, uh, also I can get somebody to book a free call to know more about Call Mentally Fit Mama, Sage Kids. These are programs that are causing a lot of breakthroughs in not only in, in mothers, but in whole families. Um, because the sage or uh, mental fitness, uh, positive intelligence is contagious. And I'm grateful um, to that gift that I got for me to be able to, to offer it to other people. And I want to acknowledge Shazad Shamin uh, for, for, for that gift. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you, Chris.